better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino, Kyle Krabs, and Chris Schubert from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Friday episode of the show. It's a free-for-all. Kyle, welcome. Welcome. A uh, little off the, uh, off the cuff here, but there are some congratulations in order to somebody uh, in our industry, a colleague, uh, Dame Brugler, and his wife welcomed twins into the world this week. And I'm just seeing the, this across the timeline as we are recording. So, Dane, uh, hearty congratulations to you and the family for the new additions. Uh, I know Joe and I are first-time dads uh, with one child and can, <laughs> right. cannot imagine the task. Jordan Reed also has twins. And yeah. Jordan has always often joked uh, about the challenges and dynamics of having twins. And uh, I am sitting here dreading uh, my father-in-law is a twin. So that gene pool exists for me that I'm going to be constantly looking over my shoulder too to see if I get hit with that or not down the road. But as of right now, only one. Dane, congratulations to you and the family. Congrats, Dane. And man, what a... What a present in the middle of summer as you are about to start football season and two babies, man, nobody's sleeping. Nobody's sleeping in the Brugler household for a long time, man. Good luck with all that. And uh, congratulations. Leah and Ethan. Lovely. They look beautiful. So congrats. Um, I have two topics here for the Friday free for all. I want to get into Uh, the first one is regarding the quarterback class of 2022. And uh, there's a number of names. Joe, I'm just going to start mentioning names, and you tell me whether or not you agree that they're in the conversation and the wide-open race for QB1, okay? All right. Okay, so we have Spencer Rattler, Oklahoma. Yes. Sam Howell, North Carolina. Yes. Malik Willis, Liberty. Yes. Matt Corral, Old Miss. Yes. Desmond Ritter, Cincinnati. <laughs> Shuby's got his head going hard. I, sure, if all those other guys are in, Ritter's in. Keaton Slovis, USC. Oh, man. I don't think so. Yeah, I'm out on, on Keaton as well. Um, hey, do you guys remember that time we did that live stream? And we talked about Keaton and we got yelled at for saying like underselling his weight by like 15 pounds or whatever. We're like, hey, dude, it's just a live stream. Relax. I do. Yes, remember I do that? remember this. Yes. Oh, you both remember that? Okay. And we said he was like 205, and he was like, oh, he's 220, right? Mm-hmm. He weighed in in April at 203 pounds at USC's Pro Day. So unless he added 17 pounds in three months, it didn't happen. Let the record state. I had to get that so we, off my chest. We were actually kind to Keaton Slovis. Yeah, we, we oversold him <laughs> by two pounds. Okay. So anyway, Joe, any other cast, uh, any other yeah. characters we got to add? Uh, <laughs> yeah. What about, what about Carson strong, Nevada? I haven't seen him. I, I have not him. seen him either. So we're going to, we're going to plead ignorance on Carson strong. Uh, he is on my watch list for this weekend though. So I'm excited to check him out a big, big, strong arm down the field type passer. Out of the names that we mentioned that we've both seen. Do you have a favorite right now in the race for QB one? I have a favorite, yes, 
Am I, so was that was a yes or no question? Do you want to know my answer? Yeah, I'd love to here? know your answer. I'm not going to just give it the uh, the cliffhanger. <laughs> so the guy that I feel the best about right now is Spencer Rattler from Oklahoma. And what it really comes down to, to me, is accuracy and arm talent. Like, I really do believe that he can make every throw. I like his ball placement. I like his deep ball. And I just don't think he has any limitations when it comes to his arm. And Lincoln has him air it out quite a bit. And I think he had some up and down moments last season. The benching against Texas was something to be mindful of. But I really like the way he came out of that. Played a lot better down the stretch. Really liked him against Florida. Thought Iowa State in the Big 12 championship was another good showcase. Um, So I'm comfortable with how he grew. And I'm comfortable with his arm. And so while there are things that I like about all of the quarterbacks and I'm not overly high on any of them as a bona fide top 10, this is a surefire franchise quarterback. The one that I like the most today is Spencer Rattler. So my favorite, and I'm not saying he's the highest floor, but I'm saying my favorite right now might be Matt Corral of Ole Miss. Uh, really, really creative player as far as what he can do uh, to defeat pass rushers within the pocket, the quickness that he has within the pocket, and the management that he showcases. I think that's an area where he has an advantage. He's not as physically talented as Spencer Rattler as far as his arm and his ability as a passer. But I watch Matt Corral and I watch him negotiate pass rushers and how he extends plays and how he can win with his legs. And I compare and contrast that to Spencer Rattler. And I think that's an area of advantage for Matt Corral. And, you know, granted, Corral plays in the lane train offense, right, where everything's wide open. They, they spread the field. They get super creative, some gimmicky stuff, a lot of RPOs, ton of tempo almost contributed to the swear jar there, Chris. So we got to, again, figure out those, uh, those parameters <laughs> there. Cause I almost dropped one, uh, a ton of tempo. So I understand there's, there's parameters of his profile right now that need to be further investigated and, and have some more firm conclusions drawn to. And I think a bigger sample size will help with that. Corral had 14 interceptions last year. 11 of them came in two games against Arkansas and LSU at five and one and six in the other. Not great, but across the other eight games that he played, he had three. And of those three, one was a Hail Mary against Auburn on the last play of the game. And another one was a tipped pass at the line of scrimmage against Florida that a defensive lineman got his hands up and ended up tipping a ball straight up into the air that a defender came down. So there's a, there's a feast or famine with the mistakes that I want to see him cut down on, but his mobility creativity as a passer. I think he has sufficient arm talent uh, as far as really getting the ball to all levels of the field, all spaces of the field. Corral has that creative flair for the game that you just can't teach. And I think that will serve him well. And if you ask me who has perhaps the best blend of floor right now, potential to grow, supporting cast and opportunity and platform to answer those questions. Like 
I think Malik Willis is super talented, but at the end of the day, he plays in Liberty. And I don't think the level of competition question for him is ever going to go away. And he, his floor is not as high as Matt Corral's right now. So my choice for that might be Matt Corral, who my favorite is of the contenders for QB1. Did you listen to the McVay-Shanahan podcast yet? I have not, but you dropped that in Slack on Wednesday afternoon, and you said this is phenomenal. Dude, it was so good, especially when they talked about quarterback evaluation. And both guys really harped on what you talked about with pocket navigation and keeping your eyes up against the rush and being able to exhaust progressions. And, you know, there is that level of comfort doing those things that they valued a lot. And so uh, it sounds like, sounds like those guys would like Matt Carell quite a bit. You got to listen to that pod, man. We could, we could do like a week's worth of pods off of that pod. It was so good. Maybe we'll do that. Who knows? Scientists don't even know. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and the UFC. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the game. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. When you use our promo code locked on, bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, guys. So, something that's been on my head for, I don't know, two months now, just kind of been waiting for the, Is the it opportunity. Hair? <laughs> I don't got too much of that. Not like you these <laughs> days, Kyle. <laughs> it was not, no. Uh, it, you and I have talked about this a little bit, but I want to bring Shuby into this and okay. um, get some thoughts here because Matt Rule head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Mm-hmm. Some of the comments he's made about his quarterback situation, Sam Darnold, Justin Fields, they're interesting. So if you will allow me, I want to read these comments to you, and let's discuss what he said. So he, first of all, is being asked about Justin Fields and them not drafting Fields. This is what he said, quote, well, I think he's an unbelievable quarterback, and I think he's going to have a ton of success. But I think we made a decision that we were going to have Sam be our quarterback. I look at it simply, had we drafted a quarterback, we have a quarterback where if we took another position player, we have Sam plus JC, JC Horn, who was their pick. To me, it was two for one. It's an opportunity to continue to build the team while also having a quarterback in Sam that we believe can do it. That does not mean I don't believe that Justin or Mac Jones or any of those quarterbacks aren't going to be franchise quarterbacks. I think they're really special, but this was a chance for us to get a corner and also move into the future with Sam. Then he was asked to follow up about if a high-profile quarterback would be made available in free agency or a trade, how the Panthers would attack that. And that rule said, quote, first of all, you know me well enough to know that I'm not going to answer hypotheticals. Second of all, we feel really, really good about Sam, and I'll say this. We feel really, really good about P.J. Walker and feel really good about Will Greer. We think we have three young quarterbacks. You know, Will was drafted in the third round and played a little bit two years ago and is waiting for his chance. P.J. went out there in his only start and won a game for us, 20 to nothing against the Lions. So we feel like we have a really healthy room, and we should get great competition, but we're excited about Sam. 
and we're ready to go. So this was fascinating to me for so many reasons. Number one, thinking about that combination of Justin Fields and that's it, or Sam Darnold and J.C. Horn, which one was better. But then I take it a step further and I look at some of the adjectives that he used. When he was talking about Justin Fields, he said, I think he's an unbelievable quarterback that's going to have a ton of success. You don't pass on that player. He says, he said, I think he's going to be really special. And then when he talked about Sam, it was like, well, we made a decision to move forward with Sam. We're going to move forward with Sam and we feel good about Sam. <sighs> Look, you I know mean, that, time, you know what that tells reveal. me? Go ahead. You know what that tells me? He's not making the decision. It's not his call. It shouldn't be. Scott Fitterer is the GM. Yeah, but Rule was there first. Brother, if you've watched any of this Panther stuff, the YouTube stuff that they put out about their behind-the-scenes stuff, it's hard to, for me to tell who's in charge there if it's Rule or Fitterer. It really kind of feel like, feels like it's, it's probably, a lot of Rule. It's probably neither. It's probably Dave Tepper in some of these big decisions to be had. Shuby, I, I like the way that you analyze things and look into things. And so I, I was kind of anxious to hear how you interpreted these comments. Well, it's it's not a surprise that Matt Rule is talking so glowingly in terms of his commitment to Sam Darnold because what other choice does he have? Remember when this trade happened, what did we all agree upon? The moment they made this trade, they committed to Sam Darnold for the next two years. Not just one year, but two years because of what they traded and ultimately the, the fifth-year option was looming over Sam Darnold. They committed to a two-year window with Sam Darnold. So that easily took them out of any contention to get any quarterback with their first-round pick. And so... When you make a move, and when did they make that trade again? Was it March? Was it the middle of March when they made that trade? Towards the tail end of March? I forget exactly when it was, but it was it was earlier on in the process to where I don't know if they had to call up the Jets to make the move. And I know we've learned some reporting after the fact of ultimately what Joe Douglas was doing, and he was piggybacking multiple different offers but it felt like the Panthers maybe went a little bit too soon here and the moment they did they committed and it doesn't matter what Matt Rule thinks of Justin Fields the moment they traded for Sam Darnold Matt Rule knew that that was never going to be a possibility how can you tell your fan base that we're going to trade a second round pick next year's draft for a guy and then with our first round pick take another quarterback it was it was never going to happen so is the better question less about digging into these comments and what we think about them or is it the better question to ask, did the Panthers jump too soon on Sam Darnold? Do you think that I, I, they went into this thinking that they weren't going to have a chance at Fields at number, where were they, eight or nine? And, and Kyle, I wonder if you feel the same way I do about this, is I think this questions the process of what their pre-draft process was, was when it was come to filling the quarterback position. They clearly were comfortable moving on from Teddy Bridgewater. That was their decision. And whether they were going to address that with, I think they picked eighth, in the draft, or if they traded for one of these quarterbacks, we know they made an offer for Matt Stafford, right? We know they were interested in that. They wanted to make a splash. They wanted to make a move at quarterback. But what was their plan A, B, C, D, E? Because it felt like plan A was we're going to go for Matt Stafford, and there wasn't really a good plan B. They didn't really feel very comfortable, and they kind of panicked and went, Sam Darnold. And that's what they ended up doing. Well, I have a feeling their plan B – was probably after Stafford was traded and then the situation in Houston developed the way that it did 
was all of our chip. It's kind of like what happened with the Denver Broncos, right? Where the Denver Broncos found out, oh, Aaron Rodgers wants out. We're not going to entertain the idea of drafting a quarterback. We're going to we're going to draft a, a a corner in the top ten. And then we're going to let the process play out with Aaron Rodgers. And then we're going to trade for Aaron Rodgers because we'll pay whatever price it takes. <laughs> and then Green Bay says, mm, you know what? We're not going to trade Aaron Rodgers. Thanks, though. And now Denver's like, okay, so it's going to be Teddy and Drew, right? Like, <laughs> and, and I think the timing of Carolina's maneuver lines up when it became quite apparent that Deshaun Watson was probably not going to be available to play football anytime in the near future, right? As that situation became progressively more and more clear and the depth of that situation became more and more clear of how much information there was for the legal process and the NFL to comb through, it became, what, what's our next option? Uh, I don't know. Go trade for Sam. Like, and that was the knee jerk reaction to the rug being pulled out from underneath of them of the second player that they were all in on at a veteran at the position. That's what it felt like to me, which is the worst process you can have to make emotional reactionary decisions in fear that somebody's going to beat you out for Sam Darnold. And then you're going to find yourself in the draft process having to pay through your nose to go get a quarterback if you don't get a player that you're at least moderately comfortable with in Sam Darnold. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto, a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the brands their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure you write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. They have amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need over at rockauto.com. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There is something for everyone. They have coconut, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, and cookies and cream. My favorite is the cookies and cream. I love orange. I love strawberry. They're all delicious. And maybe you want to try Built Bars, but you don't know where to start. Check out the mixed box where you can get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. Check out these macros, 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only four to five grams of sugar, and only four to five grams of net carbs. These flavors are amazing. They're all tasty and they are all healthy. Head on over to BuiltBar.com and use our promo code LOCKED15, and it'll get you 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Real quick on Carolina and their decision to draft a corner. I don't know if you saw this from Seth Walder or not this past week, Joe, but it's a graph that illustrates 
uh, how often each of the NFL's 32 teams ran man coverage versus zone coverage and how successful they were in EPA in both man coverage and zone coverage. Have you had Did a chance to see this graph? see it. Would love to. Okay. Let me finagle this over into the private chat so we're all looking at the same thing, right? That's what I want. I found it. You did. Okay, great. So it's how often each team ran man coverage by how much better they were in man coverage versus zone, so on and so forth. You see where Carolina's at on this chart? I I, I had to reload it because I sent it to Shuby. Imagine. Well, why don't you take a look and tell me where Carolina's oh, at on boy. this chart? Oh, boy. Damn near off the chart. Correct. They ran zone what looks to be approximately 70% of the time last year. (laughs) And they were comfortably, there were only two teams in the NFL who had a greater discrepancy in favor of being better in zone coverage than in man coverage than what the Panthers were last year. And that was the Philadelphia Eagles and the Tennessee Titans. And those two teams ran at about 50, 50 and were just better in zone as far as EPA uh, which is expected points added per play than they were in man coverage. So Carolina ran all zone because it's all they could run last year. Yeah. So you think about that, and let me ask you this. How do you like the fit of J.C. Horn into what they're doing? Is that a, is that a pick to try to change what they're capable of playing, or is this indicative of what they're going to ask J.C. Horn to play? Both. And And I hate that. Like the conversation shouldn't really have anything to do with JC Horn. I think he's a good player, and I think great, he was the right pick prospect. for them. And, and he, yeah, he's going to matter a lot for them. It's just that whole quarterback layer changes everything. Mm-hmm. So they should be very satisfied with JC Horn. The question they're going to ask themselves from now until these guys' careers are over is would they have been better suited by drafting Justin Fields? And if so, Matt Rule's comments are weird. Well, can I piggyback off of that? And let's go through a couple of names on the corner market still available, starting with Steven Nelson, who's 28 years old. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We talked about Steven Nelson on the Wednesday podcast. He was my guy that I thought should have been on a team a long time ago. Joe, what about Gary on Conley, former first round pick? Would you rather have a quarterback that is not Sam Darnold and just sign Gary on Conley? Or would you rather have Sam Darnold, no other quarterback, and draft J.C. Horn? I'm going to take all of the scenarios that lead me to Justin Fields as my franchise quarterback. (laughs) And here's the thing, like, Conley's 26 and a former first-round pick. You want to kick the tires on somebody? Don't kick the tires on Sam Darnold and pass over another quarterback. Kick the tires on the former corner who can be helped out by having better players around him in the secondary and a better pass rush in front of him, which you and Carolina should feel really good that you have after having Brian Burns, after bringing in Hassan Reddick. Like, you got some guys to rush the passer now, Yeter Gross Matos. You mean to tell me you can't kick the tires on a former 26-year-old first-round pick at corner and take the better quarterback? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. Chris, what do you have for the Friday free-for-all, my friend? 
Do you guys know we've been saying Travis Kelsey's last name wrong our entire lives? I refuse okay. to believe this is actually So wait, wait, wait. He, but I, he said it. I saw this on a tweet, and I, I was like, okay, well, how do you say it? So how do you say it? So it's it, 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 I think it's Travis Kels. Like K-E-L-L-S. So Travis Kels. But Jason Kels is also his brother, right? So we've Correct. just been mispronouncing this guy's last name. Uh, two two brothers in the NFL for Prominent 10 years players. now. Pro Bowl caliber, all pro caliber players. And this is the first time we're hearing of any correction of it. Or they're trolling us. I, I Travis is somebody who you could see <laughs> having a good time and troll. Sure. So sure. now we're let's be fully transparent. We're recording on Wednesday night. If something comes out on Thursday and they he doubles down and says, no, really, this is what it is, then we're going to take the L on it. But I would bet he is trolling us. There are a lot know. of videos that exist on how to pronounce Travis Kelsey or Kels. I feel prompted to, to play one of them. I, I, okay. you, That's a copyright violation. Chris yeah, is going to lose his mind. You That's might a get swear us in trouble. <laughs> All right, I'm not going to do it. I mean, you can play whatever you want. I can't hear your computer screen right now. So this feels like Tyrod Taylor, and then he still kept calling himself Tyrod after that. So moment. I saw a Reddit thread about this, and Kyle, I'm going to need confirmation on this. There, there was somebody in there, and again, just some random person on the internet, but that Jalen Waddle is actually Jalen Waddell. No, come on. I, this is what I the internet tells me. What was the other one? Oh, it was uh, Will Will Fuller. Somebody, um, somebody was trying to say that Will Fuller uh, only wanted to be called William, and that if it was like if you were calling him Will or anything like that, it, you were go- going against his wishes. So that somebody actually ended up asking him at a press conference, like, "What can we call you?" And he was like, "You could call me anything other than William." <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> it's like who the hell knows? There, there you needs know to be there needs to be a Wikipedia database strictly dedicated to pronunciation. And if that exists, because Chris's eyes just lit up, then I'm gonna take another L on that. Uh, but just readily, openly observing that should be a thing that exists. I agree with you, Kyle, but this is what the team guides are for, that the media members get. And in the Chiefs team guide, it's Kelsey. That's the official pronunciation in the team guide. Then it is Travis Kelsey. Yeah. So so has he just chosen not to correct people for all of this time? He or his brother? <laughs> I, had a, I had a previous job where the, the boss, uh, you know, supervisor – was hell bent on calling me Joseph. Like I go by Joe. My family actually calls me Joey, but only my family calls me Joey. Everyone That's else not calls true. me Joe. That's not Who true. calls me Joey? I do from time to time, from time to time. You, but your, your range of things that you might call me is extends to a lot of possibilities. Yeah. And a lot of swear jar contributions as well. Sure. So, but it, it was. I'm like, okay, like I don't go by Joseph, but if you want to be the one person in the world that calls me Joseph, like go ahead. And and she did, and she did for years. Called me Joseph. 
was like I was at a wedding this past weekend, and I I would like to give the woman the benefit of the doubt. The music was playing, <laughs> and I was being introduced. She, just, my wife said my name, and she said, "What was your name?" And I said it again, and she said, "Carl." And I no. said, "No, Kyle." And she goes, "Coral." No, oh, interesting. And I'm like, "No, yep." Just go ahead and call me Coral for the night. Go ahead. It's, Did it's you have the easier most easy at that name. point. <laughs> you don't have a name that people should be butchering. Right. Joe, can well, you do me a favor? Spelled. It's not spelled. So can you redo the intro to the pod spelled. right now and call him Carl Krabs, please? To well, get Carl us out Krabs of or that Coral Krabs. It's Joseph Marino and Carl Krabs. Coral Krabs. Coral Krabs and, and <laughs> Chris Schubert. Uh, so, yeah, I, I've I've been there and it's. At some point, it's just like, yeah, go ahead. But my last name mispronounced for 15 years. How? That's, Why? It's, it's, it would be fascinating to me if it was true. Unreal. Joe, I have a, a final thought here. I don't know if you have a final thought, but I do have a final thought I'd like to share. Okay. The Pac-12 has much more talent in it this year than last year in the NFL draft process. I'm Praise excited to watch. I'm excited to watch Pac-12 football this year. I'll do the best I can. <laughs> Staying up to watch it. I'll yeah, do the I best know. Pac-12 after dark. And That's we're right. In, Hashtag Pac-12 after dark, baby. We're in dad mode now, but like you're guaranteed to get some game on a Friday night that's halfway <laughs> worthwhile. So you'll watch that one because it's the only one on. Mm-hmm. Right, you don't have to worry about Thursday night football, so you there's no conflict. It's undivided attention. You'll get a little bit of that. So, uh, I don't know. I just I can't help but observe. I know I got on the soapbox yesterday for Drake Jackson. We got Kayvon Thibodeau. UCLA's got some interesting players. Uh, Arizona State's got some interesting players. There's forks up, Chris. I threw that one in there just for you. Um, Washington. Uh, we haven't talked about Trent McDuffie on this podcast oh, yet, but we need to change that real quick. I liked what you said in the scouting meeting because we have some cowards in our scouting staff that didn't want to put the one label on him, and he's a one for sure. I put the one on him, damn it. And you said you said a no-doubt one. You're like, this here's is the a guys no I brainer. did. Trent McDuffie, cornerback Washington, number one pick, no-brainer. And well, I'm like, number yes. first round, first, first round pick, whatever. You yeah, said. They, they, relax, please. You're gonna have people clipping that saying I've got Trent McDuffie as player one. Maybe I don't know. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't think I liked him that much, but you, he's a trip. He's an absolute trip. Watching you him. Got me tackle, over here dudes. looking at the college football schedule for Pac-12 games. I can stay awake for. Good. I'm glad. Let's start a movement. <laughs> draft yeah. draft dudes after dark you know we'll print we'll the t-shirts we'll try i have to have live footage into my living room to uh have the <laughs> to make sure i'm awake yeah we'll put you on the twitch stream you could sit there as your little cut out face <laughs> in the corner you passed out drooling yeah. out of your mouth yeah. yeah it'll be great uh so make sure you hit subscribe on the draft dudes pod do you have any party thoughts joe um no uh be kind to people be kind. There you go. Chris, anything? No, I'll let Joe speak for me on this one. Great. So that that's going to do it for us here on the Draft Dudes podcast for yet another week. Uh, training camp just around the corner, so make sure you hit subscribe. Keep it plugged in right here. 
with Joseph Marino, Coral Krabs, and Christopher <laughs> Schubert. Thanks, as always, for listening to Draft Dudes. Have a great weekend.